Good day, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy November 2nd. As you guys can see, my board's a little crazy. Um, before I clean it off, uh, I've decided to start teaching my own children um, from the Bible the way I want them to be raised up. Um, we attend church, but they don't have a, a Sunday school program for them. They have a youth group, but um, it is my responsibility for my children to know the Bible before they leave home and have the choice on their own which way they're going to go. I mean, I already see which way they're going because the way I am, um, but I know how to break it down in a way that is good for them and the way that they will absorb it the best. So we were breaking down the creation of the world, um, you know, and the days and what God created. Uh, I get a little crazy with my writing. I'm not very artistic as you can tell. So let me clean that off. How was your weekend? How was your Halloween? You guys, I did not do a video on Saturday. Why did I not? I just didn't feel like it. I didn't feel uh, God wasn't wanting me to make a video. I asked. He said no. And I just wasn't, my soul wasn't feeling called to do it. And so I just took it as um, God telling me just not today. And that's all right by me. I don't like to force anything. Or, I mean, I try not to force anything. Um, learned from experience just to let things be. So, I just relaxed that day. Um, water here. I need to redo my board, you guys. Maybe today. Maybe. Um, Saturday, Halloween, it was a beautiful day. Well, it was cold. You guys, where I'm at, it was bitter cold. I remember walking out thinking, oh man, I don't think my kids are going to want to trick or treat. And my kids are older, so, um, it is a choice. Uh, what did we end up doing? I feel so lost right now, you guys. I feel a little bit disoriented. I don't know why. I did my morning exercises and I was very much, I felt like I wasn't getting enough oxygen and I have my windows open. So it's very, very, I don't know, it's strange. So Saturday, we sat around and decided we weren't going to trick or treat as a family, which was all right by me because I wasn't going to dress up anyway. Um, but what we did do is we made bags of candies. It was pretty cool. Um, we made one for every apartment building and we live in a complex of three different buildings. Um, and we made one for all three building apartment, all the apartments in there, which was pretty exciting. So my daughter helped me. We had to separate candy. So everybody got one of everything. Um, and then I wrote out little notes that said, God bless. And the Bible verse was Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 8, which would be do that right there. That picture on the wall, which you can't see from here. I took it earlier this year, flowers. And it says, uh, bless, blessed, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will, <coughs> bless me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I don't know, God wanted that one particularly that one, because I was looking for something different. And I just let God, God is having his way. Um, I guess the biggest thing was the full moon, you guys. Uh, for me, God was working some stuff out of me. Some deep-seated fears. And he really, he 
worked on me in a way where if you remember earlier last week, I drew the diagram where I had the brick, the wall brick up, and it showed me being in bondage to my anxiety because of the fear that was <clears throat> distracting me from going to where God was. Okay. God showed me that by having me draw it out because he was working that out of me. He wanted me to take down my walls. Um, and maybe that's why I'm so tired. He's been working on me, guys. And working on my resistance. Working on bringing those walls down. One by one. And he did. He did. Like, I don't... Like, right, uh, like doing the video on Saturday. I just let go to that. If God didn't want one, I'm not going to force it. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I'm still in the, in the realization of what God is doing with me in this area. Because we can, if we allow it, use the process of the full moon to cleanse us of something. We always can be cleansed and become better. Um, this was a big one for me because I, it has affected my whole life. Um, it affects my behavior. It affects the way I treat some people. It affects my mindset. Oh, the tea just doesn't taste normal. I feel weird. I don't know why I feel weird, you guys. I feel weird. So... I decided, God decided in some goals in me, you guys, it is the first of the month and I invite you to set a goal, a goal for the month, a, a long-term goal. And just a sec. Okay, you guys, I literally... My tea does not have enough honey in it, and I can't drink. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. So I was. So I'm sitting here going, it just doesn't, I can't taste it. Um, so I set some goals. God set some goals within me, and I have to let some stuff go, which is pretty hard. I have to let go of some things that I've been hanging on to that have been comforts for me. Comfort foods, comfort items. I have to stop doing them and I really have to focus on stuff. I'm going to focus on my exercising and my diet. I'm, I'm going to focus on that all month. So I'm just going to stick with it. I've got my alarm set. Everything. So this month is going to be, it still doesn't taste right. You guys, I feel like something's not right. I don't know. Gotta let it go. So you guys, I did some research on Halloween and I think that was the biggest one I wanted to get into right now. So the history of Halloween, and I'm sorry, you guys, I feel so spacey. I'm really, try I'm trying to get it together. I don't know why I woke up feeling okay. But uh, so you guys, the history of Halloween, um, do you know what the history of Halloween is? Have you ever looked it up? Not what you've heard. I've heard all kinds of rumors about the history of Halloween, but what you actually know, the actual truth. So Halloween, of course, is celebrated on October 31st. It's not an American original holiday. It actually, um, it's a tradition that was a Celtic tradition um, called So... What's it called? I have to know how to pronounce this correctly. It's called Samhain. That's how you pronounce what this Celtic festival that was celebrated. Um, they would love light bonfires and dress up in costumes to ward off ghosts. It was they. It was to believe to be a day when there was a thin veil where you could speak to the dead, um, or that they could cross over. Uh, and slowly but surely it kind of crossed over into lighting jack-o'-lanterns, passing out candy, the Americanized version of it, right? But, um, 
This day marked the end of summer and the harvest in the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celtics believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain. That's how it's pronounced, you guys. S-O-W-I-N. Samhain. When it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celtic thought that the presence of otherworldly spirits made it easier for druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. See, again, in American history, guys, I'm going to break this down. We always, you know, just like the Pharisees, we gave certain people too much credit, too much power in our minds. They can't do that. They cannot. God can prophesize through you, but this wasn't God prophesizing through people. This was people trying to be, what do we call it? What do you call it? Psychic. You're not psychic. And if you prophet, if God prophesizes through you, you're giving God the credit. It's a, you mean a person who prophesizes, uh, God is prophesizing through them. You know it. They say it. And most people don't believe them. For a people entirely dependent on a volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. So they basically probably just told the people what they wanted to hear to make them copacetic, just like the Pharisees. Here was a Pharisee mindset, you guys, in a different culture. I mean, the Pharisee mindset's been going on since the day of Jesus. But uh, you can see it in other cultures, how toxic it is. I mean, they're just telling people what they want to hear and people are comforted by it. That's why I say don't follow. Be the person finding the information and knowing the knowledge yourself. Then you're not sitting here wondering if it's true or not. Because this is human nature, you guys. Human flesh can't help but sometimes come from a greedy place. Human flesh is this way until you fully submit to God. I mean... I've done things selfishly in the last month and I did it for, you know, I thought I was protecting myself, but it was still selfish. So, uh, you know, what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. So I, I have come from a selfish place still because I was putting up those walls and I was not allowing myself to submit to God's leadership to wherever he's pulling me to. Um, but he worked on that. <laughs> so it's interesting to see this, even from a, an Americanized holiday. I mean, we, when, when things get Americanized, first thing that happens is we have to make money from it and it gets blown into this big out of this world thing. I mean, look at how much money is made on Halloween for, uh, not just on Halloween, for the actual holiday Halloween. And you're going to find out, down further, it tells, like, Halloween is one of the biggest money makers for candy, um, which is crazy. Uh, to commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires. These were the priests, where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities, which means the Celtic gods. So here you were, a different culture who was worshipping a quite different god. Um, in a completely different way. This still carried forward, you guys, um, out of the world of Jesus. During the celebration, Celtic wore costumes, typically consisting of animal head skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. I would not be surprised if alcohol was part of this, but it's neither here nor there. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. Did you know one quarter of all candy sold annually in the U.S. is purchased for Halloween? Yeah. No, I almost went to buy, and I might even go today, for stocking stuffers, the, uh, the candy that's the Halloween candy that's on clearance for stocking stuffers. I mean, why not? Uh, By 43 AD, this is after Jesus, after Jesus' birth. This is after Christ. 
43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of the Celtic territory. In its course of 400 years, they ruled the Celtic lands. Two festivals of Roman origin were combined with traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first of Furialia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor, to honor Pomona, a Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple and incorporation of the celebration in Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. Interesting. <clears throat> On May 13th, 609 after Jesus, uh, Pope Boniface one v dedicated the Pathian in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later explained the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. wonder why they moved it, why they felt they needed to move it. It's interesting. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into the Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with its supplanted older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, church made November 2nd All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. Ooh, that's today, you guys. That's a Celtic Celtic thing, though. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. Well, this is interesting because there is no church-sanctioned holiday in November. Not one. There are some. There's the, uh, there's the Harvest there are several in October um, that are celebrated that are God-ordained if you actually go back into Leviticus or Numbers. I can't remember which chapter. I think it's Leviticus, um, where God actually lays out the beginning of these celebrations. Um, and October was a lot of them. And mainly the celebrations celebrated on October were to worship God and give him thanks for the bountiful year in their harvest. That is where many of those celebrations came from because God wanted us to go, thank you, God, for giving us such a bountiful summer that will carry us through the winter months until next year. Thank you, God, because we leaned out to God to take care of us. Um, but here, again, um, human flesh needed to go above and beyond God. They weren't satisfied with the celebrations that were established by God himself. We weren't. Why am I getting angry about this? It makes me angry because all we do is we take these holidays and we make money. That's why it's making me angry. I don't know why it's making me angry. I'm too angry about this. It doesn't matter. It does a little bit. Because our children are growing up in a world of greed. And it's not true to where we originated from. This is why our children are growing up in broken homes, in mindsets that are broken. They're chasing things that aren't true to their soul. Because they're, they're growing up in a society where their parents uh, embellish on these holidays and, and, and show them that this is okay. Um, I do not do this with my children. I have grown out of it. Halloween was another one. We gave out. We bagged candy up and we didn't wait for people to come to the door. We took them to their door. We wanted to give. We didn't wait for people to come to us. It's a different kind of mindset because I value people and I know they can't always go out but I still want to give back in my community some way. So that is the way that God showed me to give back in my own way. And I included my children. My daughter sat on the very floor over here, putting back candy in bags. She had a lot of fun. And then she helped me pass them out on the doors. She laid them nice and neat. 
She tried to race me to see if she could get more doors. I was like, what is this? I'm too old to be running in stairs. But you guys, what happened to that? I'm looking at this and it's like, what truly is Halloween to people? What is Halloween to you? I see a lot of people that take their kids and we used, I'm reflecting on my childhood, you guys, and I loved Halloween to an extent, but we were made to go every year, whether we liked it or not. I wish years we went when it was snowy. I didn't want to go. I didn't care enough about the candy. Like I was made to go to get candy that I didn't care about. I was raised in that mindset. I was never given a choice. I had to go whether I liked it or not. And I hated it. I hated the fact that I was made to do something that didn't matter to me. Maybe that's why it bothers me right now. Dealing with some internal stuff. That does bother me. Do you do that to your children? You gotta ask yourself that. I don't know why this topic's coming up. Sorry, guys. Just gonna go with it today. It is what it is. I don't know what to do today. I'm just gonna go with whatever comes out of my mouth and hopefully I can keep it straight. Biblically straight with God. So here it is. Christianity wanted to blend with the Celtic festivals to make everything copacetic. So we're making man-made holidays and we're slapping God's name on it. That's what they were doing back then. All Souls Day was celebrated similar to the Celtic holiday of uh, Soan. They lit bonfires, did parades, dressed up. Um, angels and devils. The devil, because we have to have an excuse for our poor behavior. That's eventually coming up. One of these days I'm going to get on that topic of Satan. I just don't feel like it right now. I'm not. God isn't ready. He hasn't shown me enough. That's what it doesn't shown me enough in the word to back up that, but he is just slowly and surely. The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in the colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system here. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and Southern colonies as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indian meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events helped to celebrate the harvest. There we go, you guys. It all comes down to that harvest celebration. The blue moon, which was a hunter's moon. That was the last moon of the year. Um, you know, that the natives used to prepare themselves for the winter, um, you know, that harvest, giving thanks for the harvest. Like even now, this is harvest season. We should be giving in the name of God and being thankful for the bountiful year, even though it was COVID and stuff. I'm very grateful for COVID. I'm not going to lie. I got to be home with my children, which was very rare for me. Um, I took advantage of that. Broke or not, I didn't care. I got to be with my children. Um, first, uh, did you know more people, especially millennials, are buying costumes for their pets? 20% did so in 2018, up from 16% in 2017. Again, you guys, it's all about the money. But it comes down to the consumer. If you want to spend your money on that, by all means. But truly, it's all about the money. It's a greed thing. It's very sad. There's no giving back in that. That's that's a look at me. Look at how look at how good I look on Halloween. Buy the best costume I can buy. Or look how revealing my costume can be. Um, colonial Halloween festivities were also featured by telling the ghost stories of mischief making of all kinds. 
By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated anywhere in the country. Um, and I believe that was probably because it clashed with the Bible belief. It was clashing. It was a different culture, a different belief, a different God. Halloween came from the belief of a different God. Um, you know, of course, it, it's in how you celebrate it. Like, we celebrated Halloween in my home quite differently. We gave back in the name of God. We gave. We were grateful for the year. We gave back to people around us. And we included a Bible verse. We made it something where God was the center, like I often do. Um, but uh, Halloween came from people who worshipped a completely different God. Um, they were like the Moabites. The Celtics were like the Moabites. And they were ruled by the Pharisees. So when you look at it that way, like, when you're really in that Christian mindset, you know, how are you celebrating Halloween? Truly. I don't know. I better get off this topic. Getting a little, like, oh, man, man, alive, you guys. I don't know why that made me angry. Because I see a lot of these holidays, you guys, and it's all coming up. Christmas is coming up. Thanksgiving's coming up. I mean, where did Thanksgiving drive from? And I got to speak the truth on it. Okay. I did the thing on Christopher Columbus. Thanksgiving, really, what we saw in school, the picture of the, the whites and the natives. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, we make it something good today. But the way we're raised to believe to be true is not. And we have to start educating our children the proper way. Otherwise, they're going to go out in a world with mixed cultures and they're going to get laughed at. Because other countries are, know the truth of our history and we don't. I think that's what's so upsetting is there's other groups and cultures that know our true history and are being taught our true history. And here in America, we are not. So, I mean, that really is, and it comes down to like, I had the board, just like the Bible. It comes down to the parenting or what are you teaching your children? You have to be the one to, you know, take the time. And it's a lot, it's work. It takes work. It takes dedication. But I mean, for me, I'm already doing it. So, where did we leave off, you guys? His wife and Lot. Okay, so a recap, you guys. My tea just doesn't taste the same today, you guys, and I don't know why. So a recap. We were talking about Abraham and Lot. Do you remember, um, it was the last we read, and it was in chapter 13 of Genesis. Okay, so Abraham and Lot ended up being on the land where God was later going to bring the Israelites to, and they were going to separate into the 12 nations. And Lot and Abraham had both grown large in their own separate entities, and they were clashing in their leadership. Okay, so um, Abraham told Lot, you choose which way you want to go, and I will go the opposite because I don't want us to be having strife amongst ourselves he's like i don't want us to clash you choose where you want to go and i will go the opposite so lot looked the way of sodom and gomorrah and uh gomorrah yep sodom and gomorrah and he saw it looked good and it was pleasant to the eyes you know just like the tree of good and evil was to eve it looked pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. So she took it and ate of it. Um, so here was Lot. He saw Sodom and Gomorrah, the, you know, area, and it looked pleasant to his eyes. It had water. It had a river. It looked good. He's like, I want that to begin my own colony. And his own um, community ended up being the Moabites. You know, these were the 
the tribes, the colonies, the communities that actually worshipped other gods and um, like the Celtics, they actually sacrificed children to this fake god. Um, and that's why these were against God. And then you had the people from Abraham. And Abraham, because he allowed Lot to choose, Abraham actually was able to stay exactly where God wanted him. And God said, this is where your uh, descendants are going to be, going to establish here. So in the um, <clears throat> in verse 18 of chapter 13, it says, Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Memre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So now we're going to start in chapter 14. And it came to pass in the days of Amrethel, king of Shinar, Arach, king of Elisar, Chador Lamur, king of Elaine, and title king of nations, that they were made war with Bera, king of so Sodom, Bersa, king of Gomorrah, Sinab, king of Adma, and Shamber, king of Zemboyim, and king of Bela. This was Zor. All of these joined together in the valley of Sidim. This was the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served the Ched or Lamir, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year of Chedolamir, and the kings were with him, came and attacked Rephaim in Ashtaroth, Karnaim, and Zazim in Ham. The Emin in Shaveh, Karitham, and the Horades in their mountain of Shir, as far as the El Piran, which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to uh, Kadesh and attacked all the countries of the Amalekites. And this is also the Amorites who dwelt in the Hazan Tamar. So those were the Moabites and the Amorites were all kind of those people that worshipped a god that wasn't a god. The king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Admah and the king of Zeboim and the king of Azar went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Sidium against the Chedolamir, king of Elam, title king of nations. Um, Am Raphael, king of Shinar and Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of asphalt pits, and the king of Sodom and Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took. Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. Hmm. So so uh, Lot was taken by the bad guys. Interesting. That was Abraham's nephew who who went his opposite way from from him. Then the one who escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the terebinth trees of Memre, the Amorite brother of. Eskiel and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abraham. Now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. You guys see how big he grew? It started with just him and Sarah. Now, 318 trained servants. Trained. He did a fight at his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Heba, which is north of Damascus. 
So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. Oh, thank you. And the king of Sodom went to meet him in the valley of Shiva, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Chador Lamir, and the kings were with him. When Melchizedek, king of Salam, brought out bread and wine, he was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed them and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, processor of heaven and earth, blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Meaning, because here was a man who was not like these kings, they weren't trained in killing they were just good good men herding sheep just living life and they had to go over there and slaughter some people to get his nephew back and all these women and all these goods like i can't imagine it was it was a battle it was bloody then he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high and processor of heaven and earth. And I will take nothing from the thresh of sandal strap, that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abraham rich, except only that the young men have eaten the portion of the men who went with me. Anner Eskol and Memre, let them take their portion. So I got to read that again, you guys. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the processor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you say I have made Abraham rich except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men that went with me, Anner, Eskol, and Memre, let them take their portion. So he was telling this king of Sodom, who was just demanding, I want the people, you can have the goods. He wanted the people. Why? Because he, it's flesh, flesh for trade. Even back then, it was flesh for trade. Flesh can grow. They can have children. They can grow. They can grow nations. He can grow in power with flesh, you guys. So he didn't care about the stuff. He wanted the people because flesh can grow and he can use more flesh as slaves to build. I've watched videos on how they used to build their, their gods and their buildings and their temples. They had to have slaves. They had to have hundreds and hundreds of slaves to do this. So the king of Sodom was like, I want the flesh. You take the goods. And Abraham's like, no. I am raising my hand to the God, which means God is standing by me. I felt this very way. When God is residing in you, you know what you're doing is correct. And Abraham's like, no, I will not take nothing from you. Not a thread, not a single sandal strap. I um, will not, unless you want to sit here and look me in the face and call me a liar and say, you made me rich by giving me these things. Okay. Now, the pharaohs of Egypt could have done this, and they did not to Abraham. They gave him things and let him go. But here was a man, here was the king of Sodom, which ended up being destroyed later, you guys. Um, you know, he's over here wanting th these things, and Abraham's going, no, you can't. Unless you want to look me in the eye, look me in the eye, and tell me you gave me these things, and they... But you can't. You cannot. Because I'm raising my hand to God. And God is the ruler of everything. And I know your soul will not be able to look me in the eye and lie to me. You just cannot. And if you do, there's something really sick and twisted about you. But you can't. Because see, God was residing in Abraham at the time. So the king of Sodom was actually speaking to the Holy Spirit, to God. And for the king of Sodom to look Abraham in the eyes and say, Yeah, that's all mine. I gave it to you. He would be looking in the eyes of his own creator and he would have to lie. You cannot do that you cannot lie to somebody where the holy spirit resides in them you cannot i've said this i've said this in my videos um the last week of september i 
If any of you remember those videos when I was, um, I was letting everything out about my past and I was specifically saying that nobody that I was talking about could look me in the eyes and call me a liar to my face. There's no way because you're going to be looking at God and you're going to see in my eyes what you've done to me. And so you cannot lie. You cannot deny what you've done isn't true. So it is very true. And I knew I could say it that way because I had been given the authority by God as Abraham is speaking right here. He has the authority of God. He was raising his hand to God. So I totally get Abraham. I get it. When you raise your hand to God and you have the authority of God, the kingdom of God is residing in you. And you know, when you say these things, you can't, I'm not, I'm not taking nothing from you. I'm not, not giving anything back. And you can't look at me and tell me any different. I know you can't because you're looking at your creator. Because the Holy, because God has placed the kingdom within Abraham and God is able to work through Abraham during these difficult times. That's why a lot of these great players in the Bible were able to defeat many of these kings. Look at Joshua. The kingdom of God resided in him and he defeated many, many terrible kings. And you keep thinking like, man, he slaughtered some people. It's because the kingdom of God resided in him. I paused for a moment a minute ago because when I said that, like, there are certain people I cannot lie to in my life. I'm not saying I'm a liar. I don't even try to elude. I look them in the eyes and I tell them the truth. I always had been able to do that. There was a point in time, though, in my addiction, I lied. I would say, I don't know. I don't know where that bottle of alcohol came from. I would openly lie. I would. I would lie about where I got the alcohol. I would lie about being drunk. I would lie. I would lie any way I could about my drinking. But I remember a particular person. going through some stuff you guys I'm really reflecting on my life I showed up at their house intoxicated and I could have very well fallen into old behavior and lied and I didn't I couldn't I remember looking him in the face and I just couldn't lie I couldn't lie about being drunk I was I think the moral of that story is I do believe this person has the kingdom of God residing in him and he doesn't even know it. To be honest, because I get quite stumped at the things that have been said by this person in my life. I always stop and go, I, I have to stop and really think about it. He speaks a lot of truth. He speaks all truth. He's always been honest truthful correct he's always correct always in the right way and there isn't very many i've i'm surrounded more by people like this now i've made it a point to make sure that's the only people i'm around unless you know like you know there's people i know at work that you know that's different That's not a choice. I, I mean, so what I'm getting at in here is there's a lot of people that have, I've realized that may not go to church, may not even believe in God the way I do, but the Holy Spirit resides in them. I've spoken of my aunt Sherry and my uncle Robbie. The Holy Spirit resides in them. My brother, my brother, he, he was educated in the word of God. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about things. He's certainly not in the degree I am. The Holy Spirit resides in him. Their souls surrender to the direction of God. More than me. <laughs> oh, God's speaking to me in that one. Surrender, Christine. Just surrender to my leadership. Just surrender, Christine. That's what God's saying to me right now. Just surrender. Why can you not surrender to me? Why are you being so difficult? You just 
You just want to fight every step of the way. You just have to, have, it's always got to be a battle with you. You always have to have your way. You always think you're right, Christine. That's what God says to me sometimes. You're not always right. You're not above me. Just allow me to lead you, Christine. Just surrender, submit, and allow me to lead you. I will lead you the correct way. I promise. Trust me. He never really, it's never like a promise. It's a trust me. Trust me in taking you where you need to go. Sometimes these places you need to go. And I'm speaking, like God's speaking to me right now through me, you guys. This is God speaking through me to me. Trust where I'm taking you is where you need to go. It may be painful because you've got to heal. you got to heal from the choices you've made in your life. But trust me, I will take you out of it step by step. But stop doing this because you're causing strife. And I have to fix this strife. This is what God's saying to me, you guys. Isn't that beautiful? God can speak through me to me. Causing my own strife. Causing God's strife. He's getting sick of it. Oh, you guys. This is interesting. I have no idea where this, the way this month is going to go. Already the first video is, who knows, like, I, I, words cannot describe how scattered this video is. Um, I feel very, I don't know. I don't know what I feel. I'm neither here nor there. How do you guys feel? Challenge. Let's talk about the challenge. Got a new month, you guys. I got to change. Okay. The new month of November. The verse of November. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. It is All Souls Day today. Um, for me... I don't think that represents much because it's not a actual thing in the Bible. You know, God has shown me. God will show you things that you need to see and bring you through things that will bring you healing. There is an afterlife. You know, souls do pass on. Of course, God owns our souls. Um, and that's a good thing, you guys. A blessing because God loves us. But just to open to openly communicate like that, like like the day of the dead, all of that stuff, it's not something that God just makes available to everybody. I do know from experience. If need be, God will make things happen to where people who have moved forward who need that closure with somebody here on earth, they will. They will. They will do it at any cost. God has used me a couple of times to do this, and I didn't like it. I was really terrified. showing me some things god can make things happen that was god ordained doesn't do that anymore that was for closure within me that was my way of serving up to him but you have to surrender yourself to god for those certain things you guys all these things that people try to say they have the power of you do not feel almost so negative. I'm really deep in thought. So it's November. Challenge. Your challenge. Now it's Monday. Monday's the day. Let's start a goal, you guys. Start a goal. Set your monthly goal. That's your challenge. Really think. And I want you to sit down and, and think about it. Pray about it. Even for those of you who, who don't know if, you know, you can lean on to God, just to ask God to show you what you feel in your heart. You know what I often tell people? What is your heart telling you? 
Don't think about what's logical. Don't think the logic because the logic will follow what society is telling you to do. What is your heart telling you to do with a goal? You know, my heart's telling me to do, it told me to let go of the cookies for a month, which was really, really hard and to really dedicate myself to my diet and my exercise routine that, um, you know, is really just, is really like, it's handmade for me. I'm really grateful to the friend who gave me something super challenging because I needed it. Like it feels good for my body to be challenged this way. Now I just, now I, I know what diet I need to do and I just need to execute it. It's like an inner goal for me. Now I need to spend the month focusing on not giving into these comfort things, which is mainly food. I use food to comfort me. I need to stick to strictly my cleansing fruit and soup and just see where it takes me with my inner goal and know that letting go of those comfort things is going to be okay. I think that's where I'm stalling in my life. I'm like, I gotta let go of those things. And they were comforting. I love them. But I have to let them go. And I got some other things going on, you guys. But that'll be something I talk about in when they pass. I don't like to talk about things too often prehand. I like to let situations pass and then discuss them in the right frame of mind. So I got some stuff going on this month. So you guys have your goal. Set a goal for this month. A your 30-day goal something it just has to be simple to write it down like my calendar let me show you my calendar you guys that is my calendar this was october okay this is my calendar i'm always doing something november is a clean slate i just gotta turn it you guys set something where you sit every day and set Set your goal. Set your goal. I look at it every day so I know I can't run from it. I love you guys. Thank you for bearing through this very scattered video. And I will hopefully be a little bit better tomorrow. So you guys have a happy Monday and God bless.